Today is Friday, June 2nd, 2017, and this is Radio Wave. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and tonight a friend of Medjugorje is coming to us from the holy village of Medjugorje, where this morning Our Lady appeared to Mariana at the Blue Cross on Apparition Mountain. And she gave a message on the day that she has asked us to pray for non-believers. And through the course of many years, a friend of Medjugorje has given better definition to what a non-believer is. At the beginning, he was opposed in what he was speaking about non-belief. Some people believed or some people said that non-believers were people who didn't believe in God, people who were not believers in Medjugorje. But for many years, a friend of Medjugorje has maintained that it's not just atheists, it's not just people out there who are non-believers, but that there is non-belief in each one of us, including in the followers of Our Lady. And this has become more and more clear in recent years as Our Lady has continued to speak more and more directly to her apostles and to those within the church. And so tonight, a friend of Medjugorje is going to speak to us about the message that we received earlier today. Indeed, it is a holy place, a holy village, a place of something that we can partake in. That has never happened before this moment in the history of the world. How can that be said with authority? Because I say it in the authority of the words of the message that the Virgin Mary herself has said. That I will come and give messages as it has never been in the history of the world since its beginning. If we believe her apparitions and her presence are here, that we have to believe that our words have some meaning behind it. To be a Christian, you must be sincere. You must be humble. And you must be obedient. We know Our Lady is all those three things. And I don't think she says pleiatitudes with her words to make us feel good or exaggerate the importance of her coming by saying, I will give you messages as never before in the history of the world since the very beginning to make us feel good. Or just say, this is kind of important. She means what those words say. And yet we have ridicule, non-belief, scoffing, 
that are these messages that she's just not a telegraph messenger and that this wouldn't be Our Lady and we don't have to believe the visionaries. There's got to be proof of these apparitions. All those words will have such regret and limitations. And yet for us who follow Our Lady and believe it, it's beautiful to be here, get up early in the morning, trail to the mountain, the Blue Cross, Apparition Hill at the foot of it, and be there in the presence of the Queen of Heaven as she delivers words in a way that has never, ever happened in the history of the world. Not something with the prophets, not something with the saints in the past where they had revelations, private revelations, but in a way that the woman of Revelation has come to save the world. And this message today has great weight in what the words say because it's way up there with the message that I will give you messages as never before. And that she tells us Something pivotal is happening right now. So these words you'll hear, don't take it with a grain of salt. Don't let your faith be altered or falter. Because even in the church, there's some who say we don't have to pay attention to it. I'm convinced those in the church are being blinded on purpose. Because if they went into the messages without understanding them or even believing in them and then they can have a position to demean them, that they're not supposed to be meddling with the messages. Actually, it's a protection. I've always seen that. Because as, as much sickness in the world is just as much in the church. Someone could say, how can you say something like that? Because if the world's sick, it's because the church is so sick that it can't change the world. And hence, the reason Our Lady is here with us. And hence is the reason Our Lady spoke these words to us today. Our Lady, Queen of Peace, June 2nd, 2017 message to Mariana Soto on the day for non-believers. Dear children, as in other places where I have come to you, also here I am calling you to prayer. Pray for those who do not know my Son, for those who have not come to know the love of God, against sin, for the consecrated, for those whom my Son called to have love and the spirit of strength for you, for the church. Pray to my son, and the love which you experience from his nearness will give you the strength to make you ready for the works of love, which you will do in his name. My children, be ready. This time is a turning point. That is why I am calling you anew to faith and hope.
I am showing you the way by which you need to go. And those are the words of the gospel. Apostles of my love, the world is in such need of your arms raised towards heaven, towards my son, towards the heavenly father. Much humility and purity of heart are needed. Have trust in my son and know that you can always be better. My motherly heart desires for you, apostles of my love, to be little lights of the world, to illuminate there where darkness wants to begin to reign, to show the true way by your prayer and love, to save souls. I am with you. Thank you. It's incredible to be on the mountain and go through these words. When I got there and arrived there this morning earlier, I got off to the side by myself without the crowds. I like to get by myself in the woods. And it's out of earshot to listen to the messages afterwards. I did my prayers. I asked for some of the things that we're working on the mission right now, typical things you'd pray for, to set myself at our lady's disposal even more today. So I left the apparition before the message was read because it was not audible. And I'm coming down the mountain. And so I decided, because I already said six rosaries up to the point this morning, that I would just say on each bead, Mary, I ask you to give me a strong desire and strengthen my desire to do the will of God. And I just said that on every bead. Give me the desire and strength to do God's will. Over and over and over. It's a simple thing I do once I've said all my rosaries, or several rosaries, that I just come up with some kind of short, ardent prayer to say. And I said two rosary beads worth of this on the way down. Of course, I was surprised when I come down, and our lady says, Have love and the spirit of strength for you. And this is exactly what I was asking. And then the second time she says, His nearness will give you the strength to make you ready for His works of love, which you would do in His name. That's what I was asking for. Strength to do God's will. What does He want of me? The desire and strength is what I asked for. I'm not saying Our Lady said this for me. I'm saying that she said the message that she planned to say, and she formed my heart and put it in there so calmly and softly that I didn't know it was her doing that inciting me to say it until I get back and then find out the message this is what she said in the message that's the beautiful thing we're in a moment so exciting, so incredible that she's speaking to us in the heart just like an apparition and you do things and you say things without realizing it's not of you it's of God and she matches it to her messages. Sometimes you can say and think and do things months before. This is a common thing within a community. I see this and say things long before they come out in the message. And Alay's not saying it for my benefit. She's putting it in my heart for my benefit to be in tune with that. So this is days that we should relish in a most profound way that we're walking 
as no other people before us. In a special time, I am absolutely convinced there's good people in the church that are being blinded to the messages, to protect the messages, because they've been trained, they've been seminaried, they've been conditioned with wrong mentalities, and they're part of the establishment. Our Lady is here to break the establishment. We did a Mesonomic show this past Thursday showing you the lie of climate change. It is false. It is evil. It is satanic. And the president, I understand yesterday, said we will break away from the Paris Accord. This is good because our Lady is here to turn everything upside down. It's false. You say, I don't believe it. I'm not going to go into the details with the second of the month message, but go listen to Mesonomics. Thursday before last. And I think the title of it was, How Can People So High Be So Duped? Because it goes right up into the church with encyclical. And it's easily refuted. Again, I refer you back to that to see what I'm talking about, because I don't want to get stuck on this point. But a lady said today, this time is a turning point. This is very profound. We've been writing about this for years. It's documented that we said, this is coming. In fact, Can I just break in here just because I I was very impacted by that line in, in the message as well. And I pulled the last several writings from second of the month writings to words of the harvesters just to pull out certain things that you have been saying specifically over the last several months, but very much over the last several years and and really throughout the whole history of your writing about the messages of Our Lady that you have always come back to saying there's going to come a point in time when we are going to pass over from the time that we're living in into the new time that Our Lady has said is going to come. But uh, in your writing at the dawn of Our Lady's century that you just, we just sent out, this is a June Words of the Harvesters, you are speaking to a group here in the field on May 13th, the anniversary of Our Lady's apparitions in Fatima, and you say that this year, or as Our Lady said, this time is a turning point. You say this year, 2017, the 100-year anniversary of Fatima is extraordinary and extremely significant in leading up to a century of peace. You say later in this talk given in the field that on October 13, 1917, is at the time that the Russian Revolution took place. Nobody could foresee at that point what that would do. That was a turning point. And that we have entered now into a turning point. You didn't say that, but you said, history can be made by things at a singular point. That's just what Our Lady is doing. There are things that we don't recognize in the moment of their happening. You say several times, at a singular point. And if you look up the definition for turning point, it says it is a singular point in time in which a change, a significant change takes place. 
I know that you have this so solidly in your heart. And I felt when I read this message that a friend of Medjugorje is so in union with Our Lady's thought that each of you, you and Our Lady, can finish the sentences that you say for each other. You are so in line with what Our Lady is speaking in these times that you are giving prophetic sayings every time you write, every time you're on Radio Wave. And it's so apparent when you line up what you're saying, what you're writing to what she is saying. So I don't know if you want to comment on that, but it's, it's so strong that I, I don't know how anyone can deny that. I believe, and I see, and I experience that a lady's writing a script when my day wakes up to the time I go to bed, and even through the night. And you see these singular turning points in such a profound way that you know it's of God, and you witness it in others. My wife and I was driving about 100 miles on the other side of Atlanta coming home last week. And we came over the interstate, and as we're going down a gradual grade for about a mile, we saw all of a sudden cars stopping all over the place on both sides of the interstate. And by the time we got to what had happened, the traffic stopped, it was probably only 25 cars back from a wreck that just happened. But both sides of the roads had stopped. We knew it was serious. So I was sitting back there, stuck in traffic, and I told my wife, I said, you know, I'm going to drive up right to it, because I saw people running from the other side of the interstate to our side of the interstate, and knew there must be something wrong, and people getting out all over the place. So I drove on down close to it, got out, and there were people laying all over the place. A car with a family of seven had rolled over four times from a flat tire. It threw three of them out of the car. We were driving in a zone that was around 75 miles an hour. And I was there within three or four minutes of it happening. And all I could see is this one dad, 27 years old, screaming, covered with blood. I saw a little baby four years old on the southern side moaning three years old or so, people had gotten around there, people had already passed me going back to the cars crying, and I saw another woman who was pregnant over the guardrail on the other side of the interstate, laying there, bloodied and broken, and I saw another woman with gashes all over it, all over her, and then already they had covered up something next to the car. The car had rolled over on its side and landed on a little seven-year-old girl. And she was crushed. It was very obvious she was dead. All this happened from one moment to the next, a turning point. What struck me is the mother was saying, my baby's dead. My baby's dead. She went over and laid on the baby with the blanket, the seven-year-old. And just prostrated, just like you're in front of us excitement. And she didn't cry, she didn't do anything. She just lay there prostrated, laying over the body, as in prayer. She stayed there like 10 minutes. The father, on the other hand, was screaming. Then he'd stop, screaming, 
again. He had nowhere to turn. The sheriff finally got there. And he goes up to him and says, there's nothing I can say to you. I was standing by the guy at that point. He just walked away but 10 yards and come back. And he just let out a scream, a howl. My baby's dead. And he was crying. And then goes screaming. And the sheriff says, there's no words can express to you that what you need to hear. I don't know what you're feeling. Nobody can do that. So the sheriff walked away. And I put up my rosary. I says, the only thing you can turn to is this Jesus on this cross, on this rosary. And I gave it to him. He just stared at it in his hands. Like he didn't know who that was. And obviously I could tell just the way he was dressed that maybe he wasn't where his wife was when she went and prayed, that he had no God in his life. I could be interpreting it wrong, but the way he was crying out for, he didn't know where to go. He didn't have anything to scream. He didn't cry out to Jesus. He just screamed, blood-curdling, screaming, ah! He didn't call upon God. And he stopped for a minute, stared at the cross and says, just look at that. This is the only thing you can do. This is the only person who can help you. And he put it in his hand, closed his fist, and walked away. And he kept doing this. I went back over and prayed for the little girl. Her name was Corey that was crushed. Ambulances were arriving from all over the place. It was like a war zone. So I stayed there and prayed by her that all this would be a turning point. I didn't say that word, but a point in their lives what God would be glorified through this. And then the mother's on the phone. Dad, Corey's dead. And she had to repeat like five times, like, I don't believe it. I'm telling you, Dad, Corey is dead. And he would accept it. She said at least five times, I'm telling you, Dad, we've been in an automobile accident. Corey is dead. All in the while, you hear the man screaming in the background. Then he stopped for 60 seconds. I went back to him. I said, you have to look and turn everything toward Jesus. By then, he put it in his pocket. He pulled it back out. I said, Jesus, just stare at him. These next days, you hold on to this rosary. It's been blessed by the Virgin Mary. That was foreign language to him. But I'm not interested in what he's thinking at that moment. But what God could do with this, that put across his path. But God set this up. Because I had a rosary for almost a year from Maria's house. And I grow fond of rosaries. But this rosary was very simple. It was just white beads. And just a simple cross. Jesus was on the cross. And I lost it. It just vanished. I said, Mary, you know. I even prayed for St. Anthony to find it for the last four days. Because I grow fond of it. I wanted to keep it. I liked the size of it. I had fit in my hand during the night. I had to take another rosary that I really didn't want. But it symboled more of Jesus Christ. That lady took that rosary from me. Because she was writing a script of what was going to happen three or four days later. That this man would need the crucifix that he could look at and hold in his hand. Nothing is by chance, her lady said. Your life when you start living for a lady is a script. And you profoundly can touch people in a way that's not by your power. And not even so much by your witness. But by the circumstances God puts you in. Because you follow him, he can use you. 
So this time is a turning point. We see this every day, things happening to us. We put it in people's lives, just like one day, the man who was with his kids, he crosses a path, and he's a nobody. And from one moment to the next, he is known for all people, all Christians, all the way into eternity, because Simon was walking across Via Della Rosa, and he was told to carry the cross for Jesus. From nobody in one moment to somebody the next moment to remember it in eternity. You don't know what our lady's going to call upon you to do. You don't know what turning points are in your life. But I tell you, when our lady says that I, my motherly heart desires for you, apostles of my love, to be little lights in the world to illuminate there where darkness wants to begin to reign, to show the true way by your prayer and love to save souls. This is serious. This family, this husband, has nowhere to turn. When there's no God in your life, and you're in that agony, you just scream. There's nothing you can do. It's a miserable situation. Where his wife was just the opposite. There was a calm about her. She was weeping. But she was turning to something that she could help relieve to make sense of what was taking place, that little Corey was going to heaven, where all he has was a life of godlessness and nowhere to turn. Longing for 
really a mirror and a picture of all of us, especially non-believers. It's sad. It's tragic. But our lady's asking for you, by your love, to save souls. I'm with you. I felt our lady present with me because normally we wouldn't get out of a situation like that and, and run down there. I stayed there for almost an hour, just praying and watching and doing everything that I needed to do as far as with this man, consoling him. Three or four times. So, John, what you were talking about, this turning point, is a big, big thing. And it's an exciting thing. So our lady says, when he says, from his nearness, he will give you strength to make you ready for the works of love which you will do in his name. You're never going to know from one moment to the next where you'll be put in this kind of situation. So hearing your encounter that you had this past week, uh, it's something that you don't like what the police officer said. There really isn't words to describe that or what could you possibly say. But what comes to mind hearing you is something that uh, I, I believe it might have been maybe the first secret. It's in words from heaven, but it says that uh, the visionaries were shown a region of the world that was desolate. And Our Lady says it's an upheaval in a region of the world. Do you foresee or do you see that in the future uh, that the whole world is going to be in some state of upheaval? And we know upheaval has a lot of meanings and that uh, desolate has a lot of meanings to it. There's, you know, physical desolation, but there's spiritual and, and societal. But are you are you seeing something like what you were just describing are you do you foresee that that's something that's going to happen on a very massive scale of just total desolation across the world? Well, I can tell you for sure that if I met this man the day before at a shopping mall or walking on the street or a restaurant or fast food restaurant, came up to him and said, "Hey, take this rosary, take this crucifix." 
No, man, I don't need that. But he was put in immediately turning point in his life where he he had to have something. He he was grasping anything he could get a hold of. The sheriff says, "I got nothing to give you. Nobody else is there giving nothing. They were just watching him. Nobody nobody said nothing to him. Nobody approached the poor guy. He's covered with blood. He he's he's weeping between his weeping. I mean, literally weeping. Then he'd scream. He had no outlet." The only outline he had was then. It reminded me of George Bush when I gave him a rosary. And I had a beautiful rosary at home I didn't want to take. But I couldn't find my other rosary. And my other one was just a plain wooden rosary. And unexpectedly, I ran across George Bush, gave him a beautiful rosary that he's not going to throw away. I don't want to go into the whole story. But what I'm saying is that Our Lady was preparing for this. She took this other rosary away because Jesus wasn't on the cross. It didn't have the same meaning as this other rosary. I actually said, well, maybe there's a purpose to lost this. And there was a purpose. When you start living and you consecrate yourself, your whole body, your whole will, your whole everything, like I did on the mountain, saying, I want only God's will in my life. And then I found it later, it says, his nearness will give you the strength to make you ready for the works of love what you would do in his name. That's exactly what that happened. Out of all the people there, probably 50 people out of their vehicles, is such a tragedy. I was the only one that was able to give him something. But I didn't do that. God worked it out. I, I would never have changed my rosary had that happened. And so what you're asking me in the question about that people's, our lady says to illuminate there where darkness wants to begin to reign. We're going to be in battle, but people are going to be put in situations that they will hear you because there's nothing else they can turn to except those of us who for 36 years with cognition have gone through some of the same battles they did and have graduated, calculated by small doses way of being purified. That when they had this concentrated, overwhelming dose, that we can be there and done that and help them with just a few words. I know at the funeral this past week, he didn't get rid of this rosary. It was the only thing he clinged to and probably bring him towards salvation. So we don't know the circumstances and we don't have to. All we have to do is what God shows us to do. Alay said something very interesting. Have trust in my son and know that you can always be better. I was listening to a story, and I've heard this about a book about some very rich computer geek that made a billion dollars who had gotten into a rut, going to work, doing the same old thing, in a routine, going out running, out of shape. Being fascinated with the Navy SEALs, he asked one that he knew, I think it was Marcus Luttrell, who is the baddest Navy SEAL out there? He said the, the most bad Navy SEAL is so-and-so. I don't remember the name. It was a black guy, big old guy. So this rich guy calls him and says, I want you to come and stay with me. I want you to help me get in some kind of routine. The guy shows up at his house, rings the doorbell, walks right in. This skinny guy, he describes himself. He was talking actually on the radio. I was listening to him. This guy that I happened to. He said, here's this guy. He comes to stay with him for a month. And all he's got is a backpack. 
And he didn't say nothing to him. He didn't greet him. He just looked at him for two minutes. The black guy looked at the computer geek. And he just looked him up and down and he said, if I'm going to stay here, you got to do everything I tell you to do. If you don't do, I'm walking. I'm leaving. So he didn't know how to answer him. He says, I'll do it. He says, come on, get in the car. They immediately go to the gym. He tells them to start doing pull-ups. He says, do 10 pull-ups. He could barely do it. And then he dropped off. He says, do 10 more. He did six, and he fell down. He said, do, do it again. He did three, and he fell down. The next time, he could only do one, and he fell down. He said, that's all you can do? He says, yeah. He says, okay, before we leave here today, you're going to do 100 pull-ups, or I'm walking. All he could do was one. It took him two hours, and he did 100 pull-ups. And then the guy tells him, when your mind tells you to stop, your body has 40% more reserve to carry on. It's always that way. And the skeek said over the next month, he learned that. He got in shape and was able to do everything, and the guy stayed with him. And so our lady says, have trust in my son and know that you can always be better. She's pushing us. Our mind may be telling us, I've had enough, I can't go no further. But she knows no matter how good we are, we can always be better. You can make the hundred pull-ups. I'm pushing you. I'm pushing you because I want you to be positioned like a Navy SEAL when there's 50 people watching on the ground, this horrible scene like last Sunday, that you're going to know what to do to help by what you've been through when you needed help and who you turned to. All this has purpose. You need strength for this. His nearness will give you the strength to make you ready for the works. You don't know where you'll be from one moment to the next. Everything with Medjugorje is a turning point. We are in exciting times, incredible times, because we're walking with Jesus 2,000 years ago as his apostles with his mother, who's here 2,000 years later, as they did then, we do now. I was on the mountain with her today with several other thousand people. But how many people was aware of what was going on? Were they in tune to it? I saw many of them wasn't. Their spirit wasn't connected. They were lounging, they were talking, they were drinking, they were doing all this kind of stuff. Some were smoking. They didn't have their arms, as the lady said, raised up toward heavens, meaning symbolically their heart. Because they didn't know what was going on. I'm showing you the way by which you need to go. And those are the words of the gospel. Apostles of my love, the world is in such need of your arms raised toward heaven, towards my son, towards the heavenly father. Much humility and purity of heart are needed. And so we always need this. And this is a beautiful moment in the Medjugorje world after 30 years Actually, 32 years for me being involved with it. But whoever's been involved to whatever time you're in, we are in the moment. And the clouds are descending down upon those people who are not to know what's happening because they're meddling with it, with the authority they hold, even in the church, will mess up our lady's plans. Don't be distraught what you hear about somebody or even a pope against this or that. That doesn't bother me. 
Medjugorje is to be protected by not being approved. Medjugorje is to be protected by not being condemned. Medjugorje is to stay out of the establishment. Everything about establishment today is being turned upside down. It's going to be shredded apart. Paris and the climate accords is being torn apart because it's a demonic thing. This confuses a lot of people. But again, listen to the program Thursday before last. It can't be refuted the way it's explained. And it's part of the devil's plan. And it's part of God's plans to bring people outside of the establishment, established by heaven as the ladies apostles. That's why we work out of the scope of everything and we're free and we're not doing anything against the authority of the church because we are free to do what we do. And we're expected to do what we do by the Holy Virgin Mary, who has commissioned us to go out, to set out, to go into the darkness that wants to reign, that she will have her hundred years of reign beginning October 13th, 2017. Everything's coming. I just want to read another section from um, the one of your writings from April 2017 where you state man is in the midst of a moment that cannot be overstated in its effect of what it will affect upon the earth. It is in the hands of her apostles who are called not by the shepherds or bishops or by being self-appointed, but by rather her direct and literal call to be real apostles of hers, a real existence upon the earth to act upon the earth and in the church And they will have power infused in them to enact her teachings with the power of grace physically manifested out through their lives, sourced out in their witness supernaturally. That's the end of the quote. Today, she says. Wow, that doesn't sound like something I'd say. And I can tell you, I learned when I write these things and I look back at it and I said, where did that come from? A lady will do this for you. Somebody stopped me on the trail today and said the same thing. When I read what you write and when I hear what you say, it's something I don't know how to say, but it's kind of like I already know it, but I didn't know it till I heard you say it. Well, it's the same way for me when I write it. I I'm, don't know that until it happens. But anyway, that's impressive. Not because it's me, because the Holy Spirit can say things that you don't know. Well, I wanted to relay it to the line in the message today where she says, pray to my son and the love which you experience from his nearness will give you the strength to make you ready for the works of love which you will do in his name. My children be ready. But that sounds also that in connection with, uh, with Jesus, that these works of love that we should have strength for them to be ready for these works of love. As you said, apostles of Our Lady will have power infused in them to enact her teachings with the power of grace physically manifested out through their lives. So this sounds like there's something supernatural that will be involved in these works that Our Lady is telling us to be ready for and to ask the strength for. So do you have a comment about that as far as what you see, what these works of Our Lady that she's preparing us to do is about? Well, I can say, reference again back to this horrible wreck. I was at the right 
point at the right time at a turning point in somebody's life to pull good out of something that's tragic. And it's obvious to me, nobody else has given anything. And our lady started preparing me for that when I lost the rosary. It's, it's, you really see back after things happen, why we were there, what happened, were we were delayed. In fact, I told my wife afterwards, you know, if we stopped here, or we did this, or if we didn't get delayed on this point, or we didn't leave when we wanted to, we would have missed this 60 second gap of this wreck in front of it. If we was just, if we was just two minutes ahead of it, we'd never been there. It was all appointment with destiny. And our lady's got the script for you to be there. And many people want to be active. And they want to be in charge of something. They want to have it. You're being put in charge of the salvation of the world and the salvation of souls. That's what she says. To save souls. This got foundation and directed for this man the only direction he could go. It wouldn't have been the same thing two days later with the preacher. They're going to show up and they're going to say this. But there at that moment, at that time, of listening, there was no scoffing by him. He grabbed it and he held on to it. And as I walked away, it was hanging from his hand like he's prayed a rosary. He wasn't going to get rid of that. So what you're telling me is, do I believe that we've been prepared? Yes. And if you say yes, you'll be surprised where and what and how those things can happen. And only reflect like that was the grace of God. One of the last things I'd like to say is, L.A. says something incredible. Dear children, as in other places where I've come to you, also here I'm calling you to prayer. This is a clear reference to Fatima. Other apparitions, yes, there was significance. But this is the closing, the finality, the last stage she'll be on. In the apotheater, spiritual history of the apparitions of the Virgin Mary, we're on a stage of the great epic battle, the final battle through the Virgin Mary and the serpent and the crushing of his head, defined by August 2nd, 1981, that a great struggle is about to unfold between my son and Satan. Human souls are at stake, and we're at the pivotal point of the baton being passed of destinies from Satan to the time of the century of the Virgin Mary. The turning point, which means, as already stated in this broadcast, something of benefit. This is incredibly Unbelievable in the sense of the positions we have and hold. And so it is. I leave you with that from this holy place, this place of love, and this place of many things to learn. Friend of Medjugorje had to cut off. It's very late in Medjugorje right now. But we wanted to end with a special production we did for the beginning of our school year, which Friend of Medjugorje always write something. He did this from Medjugorje. It was produced on October the 5th, 2016. And it, in our hearts, connected to this message in a powerful way in speaking about the moment 
the turning point. It's a very deep writing, very prophetic, profound, poetic, and deep in meaning. So you might want to listen to it several times in reflecting on Our Lady's message today. In another time, the world was filled with fire, a fire of sin consuming the soul. The very ground cried out to the heavens for rain to quench the burning flames in man. One man had a dream. He could not sleep, yet he dreamed awake. It was he who would be the carrier of all life into the future. The rain began, and one by one, the flames went out as the earth became more and more a holy place. The rain would not stop until the earth was refreshed. And there it began with the end of the rain. In another time, the world was filled with fire much more than the first. When the dream came, no one who knew of it could sleep for days. They could do nothing else but think of the dream. The dream reminded them that this time rain could not quench out the fire. Another fire would break the fire. A clash that would cause man to push harder and harder in two opposing directions. The more they did, they felt as if running underwater. Their sweat and blood was the water they ran in. The dream began the clash, first separating, and then the two fires raging toward each other. One fire called hate, the other love. At the clash, both fires were extinguished. Nothing was left except a world of smoke. But the dream came to life. A Noah who came to replenish the earth. A woman for all men of the earth who was made of the fire of the Holy Spirit, made by him who is, who made her, who was made for all. The earth is in a moment moving towards the secrets as it was in the beginning of redemption, the secret in the womb about to be revealed. This woman 
will keep the promise of the rainbow. God gave man as a sign he would never destroy the world again by water. Yet, he now comes through the fire of his love, through a woman who will set the world afire, a new way of life in a new time, going back to the soil, to our roots, as Noah did when he stepped out of the ark. We are the first to step out into a whole new future. The woman will lead us. We are entering into the true age of women, infused with her virtues, to lead the world into a time of peace and well-being. I had a dream last night. I could not sleep. I could not move. Come, Holy Spirit, break the fire through the heart who is Mary. It's a blessing, a singular sign of Our Lady pointing where the real strength lies in the virtues of girlhood, the virtues of Our Lady. Will the Guadalupe River shrunk down just a sliver in the ground It's been praying for rain As I stood there on the bridge Thinking I feel just like this Tired and thirsty for one thing to change Oh come, Holy Ghost Break the levy, build a boat Call me Noah, carry me
we know a friend of Medjugorje, what you would say right now on behalf of your family and our community as we end this program. So tonight, we say it to you and to all of our audience. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Good night. This ends the Radio Wave Show with a friend of Mechagoria. You can order this show on CD by contacting Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.